It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Wednesday. So over the hump we go. Yesterday, by the way, I was discussing time travel with some people. And I came across this idea that we all experience it to some extent. When you have one of those days, we all do this. Yesterday was Tuesday. I kept thinking it was Wednesday. I went through the entire day thinking it was Wednesday. So I lived this day already. And then, near the end of the day, I was suddenly pulled back into Tuesday, realizing, oh my God, I've been living tomorrow. And now, here I am, having to redo this entire day again. So, you see, we all do this. We all experience a little bit of time travel from time to time. So, okay, it is a Wednesday. I do have real news for you today. Yesterday, I did an unusual, different kind of show, and the reason I did it is because... Really, news-wise, it was just garbage out there. Same old garbage you've been hearing for a couple of weeks now. Nothing really new was going on. So, today we start off with some actually actual news stories. Now, just so you know, we still don't have a Speaker of the House for the House of Representatives. And once again, for those people who are saying, well, that's horrible. Your government needs to do business. I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, but the longer we go with government getting nothing done, the better we are. We don't desperately need these people up at all hours making all sorts of decisions for us. They've proven they suck at it. So because the House can't pass anything, the Senate's hands are tied too, and the president is out of the country. Oh my God, does that mean the vice president is in charge? Well, she doesn't know how to get anything done, so I think we're okay. So there's where we are today. All right. Some of the stories that I put up for you, and by the way, hello, Laurie and Laramie. She sent me this, no, actually yesterday, and Mike and Wheatland. Morning, Mike. Yesterday, I had been talking just briefly with Frank about uh, just action figures, all sorts of different kinds of action figures. You know, you can get an action figure for any job a barista action figure for coffee shops, whatever you want to do. So Lori and Laramie asked about a sportscaster action figure that does exist. And then I found this. You'll find it on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. Then I'll get on to the real news with you guys. G.I. Joe ended up making an action figure for every possibility that they could think of. They wanted to sell as many action figures to kids as possible. The more different types of G.I. Joe action figures there were, the more they could sell. Now, the original G.I. Joe was actually kind of a big, tall thing. Several, probably a little over a foot tall, maybe just a foot tall. I don't know. Pretty big size. Today, though, you can fit an action figure in about the palm of your hand. And G.I. Joe action figures, again, the company just made up what... It didn't matter if it ever appeared in the comic or on the television cartoon. If they could think of a different G.I. Joe action figure possibility, they would create it because that would mean more sales. And collectors would love it. 
So I went looking for a Wyoming G.I. Joe action figure. Yeah, one from Wyoming. And I found it. And it totally sucks. It's horrible. You can go see it on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. I'm sure at some point Miss Mary will alert it out, but it's... it. God. <clears throat> the name is Steve Wyoming. That's That's his name. Yeah, this is just ugly. Okay, so it looks like it's supposed to be a football player, although he comes with a rocket pack and some kind of energy weapon gun. So he's supposed to be one of the G.I. Joe team. So apparently G.I. Joe, the team, they have a different soldier for every specialty out there. So apparently a football player was some kind of a specialist. It comes with the dumbest helmet that you've ever seen. Not even a football player looking helmet, although it does have a number on it. But it covers his eyes completely. It The helmet doesn't make any sense. He's not wearing a shirt, but he has shoulder pads. Yeah, the, the whole thing. And then uh, on his chest below his left nipple, just below that, is a tattoo of a star. Again, I don't know what this is supposed to be. That's your Steve Wyoming action figure. You can go ahead and take a look at this. It's... um. For sale on eBay if you wanted a collector G.I. Joe from Wyoming. And I would like to say to those people who make the G.I. Joe action figures, could you go back and make something better than this? It doesn't even make sense that why is he dressed for football? I mean, we have UW, but other than that, we don't have a football team. We don't have that kind of stuff here in Wyoming. Why isn't he more cowboy-like? Okay, so as we were talking action figures yesterday, that's what we have. Steve Wyoming is your G.I. Joe from Wyoming. The dumbest looking action figure in the G.I. Joe collection, just so you know. Okay, so that's our my wrap-up anyway on action figures that I was briefly talking about yesterday. All right, now, off to some actual news. We've had some problems with rulemaking from the Bureau of Land Management. And remember, rules are laws written by bureaucrats. Okay. Rock Springs has a plan to deal with the BLM if they pass the following rules that nobody's really all that happy with. But hang on, trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, story from Cowboy State Daily. It says, um, if BLM, okay, is controversial Rock Springs plan, don't expect them to cooperate. Which I've often kind of wondered, too. Why should they have to cooperate? Because it's really unconstitutional the way that they're passing laws. These are not laws. These are rules and regulations, as they call them, which are laws. My definition of a law 
if I have to do it or else, or if I'm caught doing it and I'm punished, it's a law. So now we have a bunch of bureaucrats just sitting around writing law. Never went through Congress. Never went through any elected official. The story says the epicenter of controversy over the Bureau of Land Management proposed for plan for a 3.6 million acre public land in Rock Springs area, Sweetwater County, could set a precedent for how things go across Wyoming and the region. Quote, if it's our first, then what happens to Sweetwater County? If it's, if it's ours first, then what happens to Sweetwater County? And if we can go from there, it can spread from there. Said a county commissioner, Taylor Jones, talking to Cowboy State Daily about how the county will respond to the BLM's preferred plan, which favors conservation over other popular public uses. Sweetwater County Commission has sent letters to the BLM asking the agency's favored version of resource management plan to be dismissed. Or at least that a public comment period be allowed or be extended commission did not hold out much hope for either everything feels rushed he says there's a lot of uncertainty it's all been kind of all over the place to be honest she said the blm manages a huge swath of land from the rock springs office the bulk of it in sweetwater county the alternative b designates 1.8 million acres about half of the area for critical environmental concern. And the area is, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of this right now. It's dirt, it's rock, it's desert. It's one of the desert areas of Wyoming. Alternative A proposes leaving things as they are. Alternative B, controversial plan favored by the BLM, the Biden administration leads heavily toward conservation and preservation. Alternative C skews the other way toward uh, energy development and other possible uses for the land. So in other words, there, one of the plans, there's several plans here. One of them is heavy conservation, stay off the land, and it's dirt and it's rock. And there's really not a whole lot out there. The other one says, hey, you know, there's natural resources there and people like to go biking out there and so on. Alternative D would strike a balance between the extremes and involves most input from Sweetwater County and other uh, cooperatives in the area. So, okay. Sweetwater County Sheriff recently told members of the Wyoming legislature that if they pass Alternative B, he won't cooperate. He won't enforce it. Now, there's a big problem for the federal government, and often is the case when the federal government's involved in rulemaking processes. They make all sorts of rules on all sorts of different things and oftentimes can't enforce it. Even when Congress actually passes a law, you know, the proper constitutional way, can they actually enforce it? Do they have the resources at the federal level to enforce it? And oftentimes they rely on local law enforcement to take care of it. So what happens if the Bureau of Land Management passes this, but local law enforcement says, yeah, we're not going to enforce that? then we should be able to just do what we want to do with the land because what are they going to do, come out here? They often don't. It's a um, similar tact local-level law enforcement agencies took with enforcing public health orders during COVID, says the story. Richard said many commissioners won't direct one way or the other. Okay. So here's a quote from uh, one department. We're elected to do this job, doing law enforcement the way we think it needs to be done. 
And Jones agreed on not the commission's place to manage the sheriff and added that he personally supports the stance. So, okay, we have local law enforcement that just is saying, if this passes from the Bureau of Land Management, we here in Wyoming, law enforcement in the area, we're just not going to enforce this. I would love to know what the feds are going to do. And I'll give you an example. When several states, well, I'll pick on Colorado. When Colorado decided to legalize marijuana, what did the feds do about it? Because according to federal law, it's still illegal. But the feds have done nothing about it. They let Colorado and other states just legalize marijuana. The main reason why is they don't have the resources to do anything about it. They can make it illegal, but if if nobody's going to show up to enforce the law, what's the point of the law? Morning, Jude. She's in Casper. Kilpatrick Gasfields out of production. Let me look at it entirely. I tell you what, I'll take a look. I'm getting several notes on it. Oh, and uh, I.D. John about the G.I. Joe. Hang on. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Time is 826. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, so I was talking about the Bureau of Land Management. I'm in Rollins area, desert area. And some of the area is really true desert. I mean, it's just dirt and rocks and, you know, not a whole lot. Bureau of Land Management wants to preserve it. And they have Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, you know. All the different plans as to how they would like to manage it. And some of those plans just completely takes doing anything with the land off the table. And it's a lot of land. Okay, so the sheriff out there, didn't name one. Well, BLM can go ahead and past their worst-case scenario, he's not going to enforce it. That'll be up to them if they want to send people out there. But they're going to have to send a lot of people to a huge area, so I don't know how they're going to enforce that. So, okay, morning, Jude. Jude is in Mills, Wyoming. It's a 4.6 million acres out of production, and it's the Red Desert. It's the largest natural gas field. But they will let wind power be put up. I'd like to see that. And I do have some more on uh, wind power. I'll play it after the news and information break about how wind power is destroying some places around the world. But we'll, we'll get to that in just a bit. Kirkpatrick gas fields out of production. No hunting, fishing, camping, no ATV, no snowmobiles. They will start a Bundy-type war, no oil, gas, or coal. No, okay. So this is where, again, that's the worst-case scenario plan, which, again, is rules passed by the bureaucracy, not actual laws passed. So I like the idea that local law enforcement just isn't going to cooperate. You guys want to enforce that? You have to do it yourself. Now, back to the action figure thing that I was talking about earlier. If you didn't hear, there are action figures for just about everything. G.I. Joe tried to make as many possible G.I. Joe action figures as possible, no matter if they ever appeared in the comic or on the television show or whatever. There is Steve Wyoming is what it's called, and it's just the dumbest, ugliest looking thing. You can find it. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. Miss Mary will alert it out at some point. I had a John in Grand Canyon morning, Glenn. I had the original G.I. Joe painted on hair and in a space capsule. Wasn't, John, the original G.I. Joe much taller? That's what I seem to remember. I didn't have one, but I've seen them. And they seem to be like, what, about a foot tall? Something like that. They were big. The ones that I saw, anyway. 
the ones that I'm talking about for this story that I found could fit in your hand. You know, not just the palm of your hand, but well, cross your hand. Some of them are just the palm of your hand big. This one is just so stupid. All right, so to Judy's point about wind power, I got something for you in the next segment about how it's just wrecking part of Australia because they want to go 100% green out there. Is that a good thing? We'll find out. Hang on. Local news, weather forecast, wake up Wyoming. Sunday. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods is on the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. The time it's wake up, my own. My name is Glenn Wood. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so I had mentioned wind farms again since we we're talking about energy in Wyoming, and BLM wanted to take just a huge swath of land away from any kind of energy development out there. So let's go to what's supposed to be good for the planet. Let's go to Australia to find out how what is clean and green and sustainable is just wrecking huge parts of Australia. They've looked at how much Australian land will have to be covered in windmills, solar farms, pumped hydro and transmission lines to get to this impossible dream of 82% clean energy by 2030. The amount of land is the equivalent to half the area of the state of Victoria or twice the area of Tasmania. We were not told that we were being asked to save the planet by killing the earth. Now, they don't want you to know how much concrete, steel, copper or rare earths go into these things. A side-by-side comparison of raw resources would no doubt terrify those who claim to care about the environment. Land use alone gives us some idea of the wasteful nature of intermittent, low-intensity and unreliable wind power. Nick... Are we wasting the world's precious, rare resources on this folly? After all, they're all going to end up in landfill within 20 years or earlier. Well, exactly. So, you know, they're not renewable. When you look at the scale of this, was the devastation of natural vegetation, square kilometres of native forest just bulldozed, and this is koala habitat, uh, goodness knows what else, just bulldozed, and it's justified apparently. And then when you start to get to these ones that are high and rocky, then in comes the TNT and they blast the side off hills. It's vandalism. Vandalism. Good way to put it. It's this guy who was in favor of wind farms until he started watching them go up. And the first thing he noticed is, wow, you guys really need a lot of land to do this. Then he started noticing the devastation to the land. And as I told you guys earlier this week, this was Monday's program. So, And I'll take a look up because there's other lawsuits coming. But there's a group that wants to sue or they are suing because of power lines going up across Wyoming having to do with wind farms. And they're saying that these power lines are harming birds, bald eagles, stuff like that. And and also some ground creatures are being disturbed by all of these power lines going up. Well, if that's the case, how come they're not suing over the wind turbines themselves is what I'd like to know. But let's go back to this guy in Australia. He's noticing the vast amounts of land, and then he runs the numbers. He hears this is how much energy they want their wind farms in Australia to create. Okay. Forget the 
exaggerated numbers because they always exaggerate. This wind turbine has the potential to create this much energy, but it never creates as much as they said it was going to create. How much do they actually create? So he took that number. Okay, in order to get the power that you say you need in order to do this, we're going to have to put up how many wind turbines? Each turbine takes up how much space? Each turbine takes up how much in resources? Because it's not just rare earth minerals, and I've told you about the horrible process for that, but it's also mining for copper, and all. There's, you're going to have to use a lot of cement and all sorts of other materials. So it's a lot of resources. When they put all of this together, it takes up how much land? And as he added it up, he went, holy cow. You're talking about huge swaths of land here to get the kind of power you think you're going to get. And I like the fact that he threw in there that there's nothing about this that it, that's sustainable. There's, it's just not. You know, it's not clean, it's not green, it's not reliable, it's not affordable, it's not sustainable, it's none of those things. I'm glad he's saying this. This is a gentleman who started in favor of, of wind turbines, but now he's done a documentary. And that's part of an interview for the documentary that he did. That's part of a documentary that he put together in the interview for the documentary coming out. Well, you know that's not going to get a whole lot of play in what's considered just regular news media. In Australia, you're not going to find the mainstream, if you will, Australian news media really interested in interviewing this guy or showing what he's discovered when he runs the numbers because you know how news media can be and, of course, how politicians can be as they continue to push this. And it's the same thing in this country as well. As news media continues to push for something that you know, they say is supposed to be beneficial, but is the opposite of that. And I don't know why. Maybe because they've invested so much in it. Maybe because there's so much money coming from the government for these wind and solar farms. Maybe. I, I can't think of what are the reasons. I'm trying to struggle for what are the reasons because if they actually cared about the planet, they actually cared about the birds and other such creatures out there. They'd put a stop to this. 642, wake up my own. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 648 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. First off, Frank, I uh, filled your candy bowl for you. You're welcome. I noticed yeah, that, I and thank that. you very much. Okay. I, you, were, you were lagging behind I, I, the demand. Was. Yes, it was, yes. You know, yeah. I Got, thought it was some kind of conspiracy that you wanted more money to, yeah. you know, to shorten the supply. I knew I could get money for this. I wouldn't have spent money on it. But uh, I also made sure, because I had like three pieces left. Besides <laughs> the Twix, exactly how many it was. Yeah, the, besides the Twix that were in there, like you said, had to have something with peanut butter. Yeah. So there's a couple of things in there, two different types. Go ahead and have a good time. And no, I'm not going to put any, like, hard candies in there. And nothing like uh, chalky or or no toothpaste no, or fruit no, like that. No, no, no it's no, just the good no. stuff in there. Okay. So Ms. Mary and I were having a discussion about something. This started with what you and I were talking about yesterday when I brought up action figures for every possible job, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so G.I. Joe, as you know, yeah, oh yeah. has all sorts of action figures. 
And this one company decided just to continue cranking out as many action figures as they could to satisfy every possible scenario for a G.I. Joe member of the team. Even if they never appeared in the comic book or or any of the movies or whatever, right? Gotcha. Okay. So they came up with one for Wyoming. No way. And it's horrible. Of course, you've what were heard you ex- in, What were you expecting? Well, you've heard in football, of course, of course, Joe Montana. Yes. This is Steve Wyoming. Oh, what, oh okay. Steve. Steve. Yeah. Steve First from off, Wyoming. Yeah. He has this helmet that goes around his head like a bowl and covers his nose and eyes. Just a silver helmet. Number 34 is painted on it. I guess that's supposed to be a foot... Bowl reference. He doesn't have a shirt on, but he does have shoulder pads. Okay. And some kind of a rocket pack and some kind of an energy gun of some kind. It's an action figure that would fit in your hand, so it's not really all that big. And it is actually more hideously ugly than I'm currently describing it. Oh, below his left chest is a tattoo of a star. I don't know why. Below his left chest. Yes. On it? Yeah. Because he's shirtless. You know, his his left nipple is a tattoo of a star. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) That is Steve Wyoming. Not Joe Montana. Steve Steve. Wyoming. That is our action figure for G.I. Joe. Oh, my God. Oh, Okay. Our latest WyoPreps.com high school football poll is out. This is the last week of the regular season. In 4A, Sheridan remains number one, Cheyenne East two, Natrona three, Campbell County four, and Thunder Basin five. In 3A, Star Valley remains number one, Powell two, Cody three, Riverton four, and Buffalo five. In 2A, Mountain View is number one, followed by Bighorn, Lovell, Cokeville, and Torrington. In 1A9, man, Lingle Fort Laramie is the new number one after beating Pine Bluffs last week. Pine Bluffs is three. Wind River, two. Big Piney, four. And Southeast, five. And in 1A9, man, excuse me, six, man, Little Snake River still number one. Encampment, two. Burlington, three. Dubois, four. And KC, five. In high school volleyball, tonight, Cheyenne Central will be at Cheyenne South. And tomorrow, Laramie will be at Central. Thunder Basin will visit Natrona South. will visit East. On Friday, it'll be Cheyenne East at Laramie. Kelly Walsh will be at Rock Springs. And Campbell County, uh, Cheyenne Central will be at Sheridan, and then on Saturday, Natrona will be at uh, Angelette to take on Campbell County. In college, junior college soccer, the regular season is over, and the, now the Region 9 tournament is upcoming. The Casper College women are 13-2-1. They're rated 14th in the country, and they have a first-round bye for the Region 9 tournament, so they won't play until the semifinals, not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday. The Casper College men are 7-6-4, and four, and they will have their first-round game game this Saturday. In the uh, the LCCC women from Cheyenne, they're rated the 19th in the country and they have a first round playoff game this Friday hosting Western Nebraska. Golden Eagles are 7-5 and 3 and the LCCC men are 5-6 and 1 and their first round playoff game in the Region 9 tournament will be at Western Nebraska coming up on Friday. Also in the the, the the NFL, for a couple of former Wyoming Cowboy players, that's a pretty good weekend. Logan Wilson, the former Cowboy and Casper native and Cincinnati's linebacker, uh, had 11 tackles and a sack in the Bengals' 17-13 to win over Seattle. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, 19 of 30 for 169 yards, two touchdowns and one pick in the Bills' 14-9 win over the New York Giants. And Carl Granderson, from their defensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints, had six tackles and a sack in their loss to Houston 20-13. 
In the baseball playoffs for yesterday, Philadelphia now has a two games to none lead in the National League Championship Series with a 10 nothing win over Arizona last night. Tonight will be Game 3 of the American League Championship Series with Houston playing at Texas, and the Rangers lead that series two games to none. I have to say I'm very impressed. You interviewed a young man a couple of days ago. Avon Barney? Evan Barney, yeah. Evan Barney? Okay. Yeah. And the video you have of him, obviously, when he plays, he gets into it. Yeah. He is a mess. Oh, oh, the, the field was totally soaking yes. wet. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's and, a bunch and of he snow up there, looks yeah. like he was getting down and dirty yeah. in order to win that game. Yeah. So it looks to me, to his credit, maximum effort was put out by that young man. Just Indeed. By, yeah, and so that's why you interviewed my brother. Indeed. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. Update on your weather forecast right after national local news. You and I get back into it again. Wake up, Wyoming. Seven oh six the time. It's Wake Up My Own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is officially a Wednesday. So over the hump we go. I did, I got some good news today. I'm looking forward to this. And I get to pick on a little bit for something. Some of you might know that Mike Rowe is coming to Wyoming. Yeah, I've been wanting him to come here for quite a while. I'm a huge Mike Rowe fan. I love what he's done. And he and I agree on a lot of things when it comes to jobs and business. And, you know... I, He's done such a, a great thing for America with the whole idea of get a trade, dirty jobs, stuff like that. So let me see. Ford Wyoming Center, October 26, 7 p.m. is when he's going to be here. And I've been wanting for quite a while to interview him on the air. Now, where I get to pick on him, when his mom came on the program, Mike Rowe's mother came on the program a while ago to plug a new book that she had out which is actually a pretty good book and so she was a guest on the program over the phone and at the end of the interview I said look um, we've been trying to get Mike your son on the program for quite a while but here I might have an in I can't even get a hold of anyone to book Mike Rowe on this program but you're his mom could you put in a good word for me here and she said, oh, yeah, sure, I'll get right on it. And never heard a thing. So I know she didn't. So I get to pick on him for that. The reason I'm in a good mood here is because we got some word after a while of uh, trying to schedule something with him. Since he's coming to Wyoming to speak at the Ford Center, which is in the Casper area, okay, Casper Ford Center, He's going to be on his program. I get to interview him. Now, the way this is going to work out is not a live interview. Not today. Okay. Well, as far as not on the air today, you'll probably hear it tomorrow. Because of Mike Rose's schedule, Miss Mary's working with them right now. He'll probably have a chance to get on the phone with me this afternoon, which is way late in the afternoon for me, like 3 or 4 in the afternoon, something like that. They're working on it right now, which means I'll have to come back to work. You know, late. What's late in my day, anyway, to have a short little interview with him, which I would play tomorrow if all works out. 
But that's someone I've been wanting to talk to for quite a while, even if it is just a, a short interview, because here again, what Micro has done, I think, what he's done for this country, starting off with just dirty jobs, that television show, which honors people who do the worst possible jobs, but so what if it's the worst possible job? Somebody has to do it. And he shows that it doesn't matter really what you do for a living. In my book, The Uncomplicated Life, I talk about what I call soul-crushing jobs. These are jobs that people really don't like to go to, and most of you can relate to this. You really don't actually prefer what you do for a living. But it makes a living for you. You can put a roof over your head, food on your table, take care of your needs. Now, I say in The Uncomplicated Life that your job doesn't necessarily define who you are. We make a mistake in America oftentimes of asking people when we first meet them, what do you do? And the answer is often what we do for a living. Well, what if you have a job that really is not all that glamorous, definitely not worth bragging about? In fact, it is, in some cases, it's a job that people are kind of embarrassed about. Well, I do this. Well, then you don't have to tell them that. A lot of times what people do for a living is just what they do to earn money. And then when they get off work, they can go now pursue who they really are, which is why I always encourage people. So when you get off work, do something with your life. Do something really interesting. Make it a life. Don't just exist. Go make a life out of it. But the job is just what you do to support him. What Mike Rowe did, he not only showed these dirty jobs, and this is what I really admire about him. He did them. Every single episode of Dirty Jobs, he got out there and did whatever it was the job required. And even if he was completely grossed out by it, and there were some really gross things, he got into it. I mean, full on got into it and really gave a lot of credit to the people because he did it for a day to demonstrate but at the end of every episode, gave a lot of credit to the people, whoever it might have been that was mentoring him through the job, showing that, you know, uh, this person has just the most embarrassing, worst, grossest job ever. And yet because it needs to be done and because he can earn a pretty good living doing it, he shows up every single day and gets it done. In most cases, without complaint, just get in, get it done because it needs to get done. And there's honor in that. There's pride to be taken in that, in getting up every single morning and saying, yep, I'm going to go to work. I, I don't care what my work is. Somebody's got to do it. He's also got another job because Dirty Jobs kind of ran its course when they ran out of jobs after quite a few years on television, quite a while. He eventually ran out of new Dirty Jobs to go to. They couldn't think of anything else. So the program went away for a while. It comes back now with uh, the occasional little spurt of episodes. Every so often they have another short season come out of other episodes. He also has another show, which he'll host it. He doesn't go there personally, but he hosts it called How America Works. Now, these are not necessarily dirty jobs. They're just very difficult jobs. But if you wonder how something is actually done, how things are created, moved, what we do to make America, 
There's all sorts of people out there working their full tails off. And in most cases, you and I never notice what they do because, well, it just, whatever it is just seems to be done. And we take it for granted oftentimes that these things are just going to be there, not realizing how hard it is to continue to create what these needs are. Some years ago, I was watching a video. A young lady who lived in California. Now, since she's from California, that means she didn't really learn a whole lot, especially in school. She didn't understand. She got her water bill. And she was complaining, why do I have to pay for water? It's water. Why do I have to pay for water? Okay. This is where a show like Mike Rose, How America Works, would come into play. Well, think about it now. If you want to go grab a bucket, and by the way, someone has to manufacture the bucket, so, but you grab a bucket, and you want to go walking way out somewhere to go pick up pails full of water and bring them all the way back in so you can bathe at home, so you can use your toilet at home, so you can cook food at home. You want to do that? And you're going to have to clean your own water, too, probably boil it or filter it or whatever to make sure the water's clean. But instead, in today's modern world, you just turn a little little knob there. Just grab it and turn it. And out comes not just cold water, but hot water. On demand in every room that you need it in. Go ahead and step in the shower for as long as you like. Do your dishes, clean your laundry, cook your food, and the water is just there. Now, did it just magically appear? What with a show like Mike Rowe will do, How America Works, he'll show every step of the way how water gets from wherever they're getting it from, whether it's underground or the reservoir or whatever the case, all the way to your house every step of the way, and everybody who's employed every day making sure that that happens. Same thing goes for those people who have sewer lines. One job, talk talk about gross, uh, sewer lines get clogged up in major cities especially. Sewer pipes can get clogged for all sorts of reasons. There are people who for a living will put on these, it's, it's this weirdest looking scuba suit you've ever seen, but it covers them entirely to keep them away from all the filth down there. And they actually go fully immersed into the sewage. Sorry, were you eating breakfast? <clears throat> yeah, but in order to clear those clogs out so you, when you flush, it does what it's supposed to do. There's people who do that for a living, and they make very good money on it. Micro has always highlighted jobs like this. But then he pushed the idea on America that... And he's absolutely right about this. This is a lot of the guidance I use when I talk about this. I notice that colleges have become a scam. College education used to be a great thing, but it became a scam. College education is not as valued as it was before. In fact, a lot of jobs out there are no longer requiring college education. It's not necessary. It's just huge debt for something that's... I mean, some jobs you have to get a college education for. But many other jobs, it's not necessary for the job on-the-job training will suffice. And so he, Micro pushes the idea of, look, there's a lot of really well-paying blue-collar jobs out there. You don't have to get yourself massively into debt with a college degree to do these jobs, and you'll earn a great living with a really good, solid skill, a good blue-collar job. 
this is what Mike Rowe has talked about for several decades now. And he does books, television shows. He goes on tour, which is why he's coming to Wyoming. Now, I don't know what the deal is with ticket sales here, but I know it's Thursday, October 26th at 7 p.m. Now, that's past my bedtime, but I'm going to be there. Got to have to be there. Oh, here's DJ. Mike Rowe, emaciating turkeys was the worst. Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Sister dear, of course it's harder to get Mike Rowe on the show than it was Trump. Mike Rowe is so much better than Trump. Yeah, I have always admired Mike Rowe. I really, and I guarantee, Sister dear, with Mike Rowe, I'm not going to have to hit the dump button because he accidentally cussed. I, really? I, <laughs> so anyway, he's going to be in town. I do get to go to the event. I got a couple of passes to go to the event, and I'm really glad. It's past my bedtime, but I'm going. Again, October 26th, Ford Center in Casper. If all goes well, again, Miss Mary is sort of trying to work out the schedule between Mike Rose people. I have my people working with their people. Yeah. So uh, Miss Mary is trying to work out the schedule, and I'll probably have to come back later this afternoon and sit and have a conversation with him for a little while, which I've been, again, wanting to talk to this guy for a very long time. A lot of the things that Mike Rowe stands for and has talked about over the past decades that he's been on television and so on is stuff I already agreed with, but I'm watching him thinking, I like the way you're presenting this, Mike. You're showing people that there's honor in these jobs and the importance of these jobs for America, for that matter. So hopefully this works out this afternoon. I'll get a chance to talk to him. 718, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Seven twenty-three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Jan and Cheyenne says the problem with not going to college is that then you are considered uneducated. That's something I do believe people are starting to get over because that was something the stigma that was given for quite a while. As college education was pushed on us, but then more people are beginning to realize that's not necessarily the case, especially in today's age when you can learn anything you want, anytime you want. This is what the internet's for. There's all sorts of things you can learn without ever, ever having to go into college. So the idea that you needed to get that college education to be an intelligent, educated person, it's not gone, but I do think that it's waning just a bit over here. Speaking of that, I have a headline for you. Public schools are a national disaster. It's an article written by Stephen Moore, an opinion piece. He says, perhaps most distressing about the latest collapse in high school test scores is that no one seems to be very distressed. I said, you probably heard the new ACT scores have fallen for the sixth straight year. Our high school kids are less equipped for a job or college than any time in decades. Now, this is something I've been talking about as well. I think in high school, well, in general, public school in general, they've taken their eye off the ball. They've got into all of this social justice stuff rather than education, giving people what they need to succeed in the real world, to get a job, hold a job, you know, things like that. He writes, why isn't anyone in Washington or anyone in our $800 billion education bureaucracy sending, uh, sounding the alarm 
and declaring this a national emergency. It certainly puts our national security, our technology, our superiority, our economic prosperity in grave danger. Instead of outrage, he writes, it's almost as if the, well, Americans have become anesthetized to bad news about our kids. One theory, he says, is that Americans, well, they feel about their local schools as they do toward Congress. They love their own representatives, but think the rest of it's just incompetent. He says, yes, there are some excellent public schools, and yes, there are thousands of great teachers. But, he said, I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is one of the wealthiest counties in the country, and we had to pull our kids out of the public schools because they were so bad and because they shut down during COVID. I shudder to think what's going on in the Baltimore schools just down the road. Exactly 40 years ago, the National Commission on Excellence in Education issued its finding on the state of the schools of 1983, a report titled A Nation at Risk. Here was the grim conclusion. If an unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre educational performance that exists today, we might as well have viewed it as an act of war. He said the na- the nation never paid attention. If you think I'm blowing one bad report of uh, out of proportion, there's a national assessment of education progress report that came out earlier this year, found a similarity of dismissing students' performance in public schools. Reading, math proficiency have collapsed over the past four years, in part because of the teachers' union insistence that public schools stay closed during COVID. As this one one of many things, I also point to, again, let's go woke with schools. Let's teach a lot of nonsense that has nothing to do with surviving in the real world. That has nothing to do with getting a job, keeping a job, things like that. So this author writes, the left, uh, the left obsesses about income inequality and the gap between rich and poor. Yet they're so captive to the teachers union they do nothing about what is arguably the most regressive policy in america our failing public school system the decline in test scores that's only half the story the other part of this story is the biggest decline in learning and achievement are among poor families he writes i'm the furthest thing from an education expert but i have five kids it's pretty clear that three essential components to enriching education are discipline in the classroom, high expectations, and a classical curriculum. This isn't that complicated, he says. It's not like solving a Rubik's Cube. Today, he says, most public schools fail on all three standards. Now, I'll pick up this article next. It's almost done, but I'll pick up this article next because it's really important. And again, here we are in our public schools focusing on things that have nothing to do with you you want to solve income inequality we can solve it give kids the skills and the discipline necessary so they'll do better financially that will solve your income inequality problem coming up on 7:30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast and we finish this let's wake up wyoming
something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so I'm reading this story here, an opinion piece about the failure of public schools in America and how they're just getting worse. My idea is that the public schools mostly just took their eye off the ball of education. We're getting into all this woke nonsense rather than giving skills to young people that they need. Skills and motivation to be successful. So as the author was just saying, was a obsessed with the idea, I mean, really obsessed with the idea of income inequality, and yet they're not giving them the skills necessary to do something about it. Want to fix income inequality? Teach young people skills and get them motivated, and they will fix their own income. We all can do that. You want to make more money? Go do it. You're in America, for God's sake. So the story says, I'm the furthest thing from an educational expert, says this author, is five kids. But today, most public schools fail on all categories. California, he says, recently announced it's going to make climate change a standard part of school curriculum. Really? This, they're teaching propaganda. Kids are going to school now to be indoctrinated rather than educated. He says, so they're going to scare the bejeejees out of kids with propaganda, telling them the world is coming to an end. Why don't they just try phonics so kids can read? He says, school blobs pitiful response to with this abject failure to teach is, uh, well, what they do is they say, we're having problems, we need more money. We've tried that for 40 years, he says. Per student spending in public schools, after adjusted for inflation, is up 50% in 30 years. Which most certainly you would think, per student. So you would think after spending that much more money, we'd be doing great, right? We're doing far worse. He says, one glimmer of hope, school choice movement in America. Now, as you know, I'm a huge advocate for that myself which allows dollars to follow the students. Parents can choose a better school, public, private, whatever works for them. Homeschool, do what you want. The money will follow the kid. It's a great way to get kids out of a failing system. Now, there is a group here in Wyoming. I never mentioned the name of the group because I'm afraid if I told you, well, then you would know who they are and people would start to follow them. But it's the most far leftist group that Wyoming has. And they have a pathetic website they hardly ever post on. But when they do, I'll go ahead and read it and make fun of it on the air because it's low-hanging fruit. Anytime anyone ever talks about Wyoming schools, their attitude is we have to spend a ton more money. If anyone wants to spend less money in Wyoming schools, you don't care about the kids. And, and then the idea of school choice is abhorrent to them. Kids have to go to the public schools. You just want to shut down the public schools. This is what they write about. Rather than shouldn't parents be allowed to take their kids to wherever is best for the kid? And shouldn't that be the parent's choice? All right, so he said, meanwhile, teachers' union argues with a straight face that school vouchers would hurt the public schools. Have they ever seen these test scores? How could they possibly perform worse? Now, the guy that I was reading from here, Stephen Moore, 
senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation and economist with FreedomWorks. His latest book is Golivia, I think is how, how relentless growth in government is devouring our economy. So I think that's, uh, <clears throat> I wonder, Miss Mary, I'm going to go ahead and look up Mr. Stephen Moore. I know of him, though I've never spoken with him. I wonder if we can get him on the program and talk about this. But this is part of the reason why you hear me as an advocate for school choice, because we've been trying to fix the school system in America, the public school system in America, and it has not gotten better. It keeps getting worse. I mean, far worse. To the point, like, again, with the climate change is now going to be a part of curriculum in California schools. It's not education anymore. It's indoctrination into a lot of stuff that's not going to help these kids do what school was intended to do. Here's how to read. Here's how to write. Here's how to do math. Here's how to think critically, to think independently and critically. You know, that's an American value, by the way. One, one of the things that made this country great, that American value of think independently, think critically. Here's how to go get a job skill so you can get out there into the real world and function. And again, for those people who wonder about income inequality, if you don't think you're making enough money, then go get the skills to earn more. And here's how you do that. That's what they should be showing in schools. Not teaching propaganda wokeism, things like that. So, okay, I'll see if I can get Mr. Moron to talk more about that article. But again, there's one of the reasons, personally, I'm a huge proponent for school choice. So you as the parent can figure out where you want to go with your kids, whatever's best for them. 742, wake up. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather, where the weather has been so unchanging and will be for the next few days. Don is making a paperclip chain that's now about what is that? About six foot long. It is, but actually, you're you're talking to Chat GBT right now. Oh, okay. So I just yeah, turned it makes, over. Yeah, I just sure. turned it over to AI. <laughs> yeah, AI. That's absolutely fine, as long as it doesn't make any decisions like let's schedule a hurricane. I think we're good with that. Okay, so let's take a look at this because other than you know, yesterday was not windy; it was breezy. It was nice. Yeah, of course, breezy in Wyoming is yeah. a Category One hurricane somewhere else. Oh yeah, okay, gotcha. Well, okay, but still though, nothing really bad here. It looked far worse around us than here. The winds were higher to yeah. our north and east, and uh, across the Dakotas, across parts of Nebraska, and that's where the strongest winds will be again today. But they are going to let up, so we're pretty much done uh, with the wind by afternoon. Okay. Now, we get into the next couple of days. I notice you've scheduled again just a glorious weekend. Are we just sort of, and this is not a bad answer you can come up with here, just sort of stuck in the 60s for temperatures for a while, maybe low 70s? Yeah, 60s, lower 70s. That's that's where we're going to be all the way through Sunday. Uh, okay. We'll start to see uh, temperatures pull back a bit Monday and Tuesday, but we have this nice stretch through Sunday. Uh, great weather for the next five days. No travel concerns, no concerns for hunters, uh, so enjoy it. We do expect, as we were hinting at yesterday, weather is going to change next week for sure. Uh, we're very confident of that. And uh, by a week from today and into next Thursday and Friday, it's going to be a lot colder, a lot colder. So you want to not fritter away these days thinking that, oh, we'll get some days like this again. It, 
it's the second half of October, and heck, it's November next month. Right? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. So now I did see. I know we can't look too far out in the forecast of it, but there's little hints of some snowflakes coming down here and there in our future. Just yes, little, yeah, nothing I think. Major. I, I think there's a very good chance of that mid to late next week. Oh, okay. Well, that's not so bad at all. So, again, cooler temperatures, bit on the windy side. And I still, at this time of year, I really start looking way up north, I mean, past Canada, to see really how complicated it gets. Because to me, that says a lot about what we're in for. There's a lot of complication in, in the long term, without a doubt. But we always look at source regions of these storm systems because that's going to really dictate what the biggest impacts will be. This first system Monday and Tuesday is coming from the Pacific. The system behind us, and this is why we're hinting at this colder weather coming mid to late next week, is going to be pulling air out of northwest territories of Canada, which you could surmise the days are pretty short up there right now. And so that's why that second system during the second half of next week is going to be more impactful. Okay. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Well, okay, see, that's an, we're just sort of easing in the wintertime here, and slowly easing into wintertime is not at all in my book a bad thing over till we go to talk to Frank Gambino. And doesn't affect you in the sports department all that much either because we've had seasons where, you know, this is really a lot's going on in sports, and you guys just weren't able to get a whole lot done. I think last year at this time, it was just miserable. Oh, yeah. I, you know, the wind was bad yesterday. So, but yeah. now but now I'm, I'm moving my uh, my interest to Halloween, you know. Okay. I, I found this costume list. Yeah. The number one costume this year, uh-huh. Barbie. Are you going Which to, I'm not wearing Barbie. You're not wearing Barbie. No, no, I just no, wanted no, to no, clarify that. You no, weren't going to wear Barbie. Number okay. six. Yeah. Wednesday Adams. I love Wednesday. One of my favorite characters of all time in television when it comes to horror and spooky. I love Wednesday. Yeah. Number eight, Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Number 22, yeah. Taylor Swift. Okay. Number 26, Cowgirl. Uh-huh. Number 30, Chucky. Chucky. Yeah, I can see that. Number yeah. 40, Joker from Batman. Okay. And number 48, Teacher. Which leads me to believe if a teacher, if you were dressing up as a teacher for Halloween, yeah. what do teachers dress up for Halloween? As a student. Oh. You could. Or the principal. You can go as a principal. Could. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, I understand Wednesday because recently, in case you didn't watch it, it was really good. They did a television show based on Wednesday Adams. Oh, she, did they? They go off. She is just getting, uh, as she gets older now, she's an older teenager, and her parents just can't handle her anymore. She's at that really <laughs> rebellious stage. Yeah. So they send her to the same boarding school that they went to, and mystery ensues. You got to solve, you got to follow her as she solves this mystery at the school, and oh, Frank, it's good. It's really good. Is Pugsley in it? Uh, yes, but he not is? as much. They mostly don't have the... Her family shows up to visit from time to time. Yeah. But it's mostly Wednesday. And what's funny is in the school, she has a roommate who is total opposite of her. Well, most of the world is opposite yes, of Wednesday. Yes, I mean, but really opposite of her, which is fun. To, and they become really good friends after a while. The actress I got to play Wednesday did just the perfect role. And what I really like is... Because of today's green screen technology, yeah, she they her family sends her thing. You know the hand, yeah, <laughs> who's all over the place. <laughs> thing was just great, and then I saw some. I'll think I'll see. I'll see if I can find a picture of how they did thing, because it's an actor standing behind her who is all covered in green except for his hand. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome.
Our YOPreps.com high school football poll for the last week of the regular season is out. In 4A, Sheridan remains number one. Cheyenne East 2, Natrona 3, Campbell County 4, and Thunder Basin 5. Star Valley leads the 3A ranks in our poll, followed by Powell, Cody, Riverton, and Buffalo. Mountain View rated number one in 2A, followed by Bighorn, Lovell, Cokeville, and Torrington. In 1A, 9-man, Lingo, Fort Laramie is the new number one, with Wind River 2nd, Pine Bluffs 3rd, Big Piney 4th, and Southeast 5th. And in 1A, 6-man, Little Snake River remains number one, followed by Encampment, Burlington, Dubois, and KC. In the NFL, a couple of former Wyoming Cowboy players had a nice weekend. Logan Wilson, the Casper native, the linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals, had 11 tackles and a sack in their 17-3 win over Seattle. Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, 19-30 of for 169 yards, two TDs and one pick as the Bills beat the New York Giants 14-9. And Carl Granderson, the defensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints, with a half a dozen tackles and a sack in their 20-13 loss to Houston. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, the Philadelphia Phillies over the Arizona Diamondbacks last night, 10 to nothing. So the Phillies need that the National League Championship Series two games to none. Tonight will be Houston and Texas in Game 3 of the American League Championship Series with Texas leading that deal two games to none. In volleyball at the high school level tonight, Central will be, Cheyenne Central will be at Cheyenne South. Then tomorrow, Laramie will be at Cheyenne Central. The Thunder Basin will be in Casper to take on the Trona. And Cheyenne South will be at Cheyenne East on Thursday. Then on Friday, East will travel to Laramie. Kelly Walsh goes over to Rock Springs. Central will be in Cherry and NC will be taking on on Saturday up in Gillette against Campbell County. In junior college soccer, the region, the regular season is over and the Region 9 tournaments will begin this week. The Casper College women, they're rated 14th in the country. They are 13-2-1. They have a bye, so they'll be in the semifinal round of the Region 9 tournament. And that won't start until not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday. And the Casper College men at 7-6-4, they will play this Saturday in the first round of the Region 9 tournament. The LCCC women, they're rated 19 in the country, and they will have a first-round playoff game in that Region 9 tournament of this weekend, taking on Western, hosting Western Nebraska, and the LCCC men of 5-6-1, they will be at Western Nebraska in the first round of that Region 9 tournament, and that's it in sports. Okay, so... Uh, the, I was going to tell you this, the, yes. you know, the, 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 in the TV show Adam's Family, yeah. Thing was actually Lurch's hand. That's right, yeah. Now, because of the technology that they had at the time, the only thing they could do was have open up the box. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he'd stick his was. hand out there. Yeah, and... that, that was basically <laughs> it. But I'm actually sending it to you right now. I said green, but it actually is the guy is wearing a blue suit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do it in blue, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so whatever they want the computer to key out. Yeah. And so what you see here is him... Uh, in a blue suit, but the hand, which also has all sorts of stitch marks, like it's sort of a Frankenstein <laughs> hand. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, it's just what it's happened just to Thing? Absolutely. He great. never had scars like that before. Uh, well, you know, hanging around the Adams family for a while, things happen to oh. you. Thing. So, anyway, if you can go back and find that television show and watch it, Frank, yeah. you will just, I think. Absolutely love what they did with the Wednesday Adams character. Awesome. And the actress was perfect. Awesome. Let's wake up my own. Send. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Phone number to get involved. We can actually do this today. We've had some electronic problems here, but okay. 
888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. The most dangerous part of every day's program is when I go to open phones. Morning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Okay, I get to update something. This is this is really cool. Earlier this morning, I was telling you folks, and I do have a story up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. I was really disappointed in this. I'd accidentally come across a GI Joe character for Wyoming. It was horrible. There's a company that puts out really lame GI Joe figures. This one fits; it would fit in your hand. It's not very big. And they try to come up with a figure for everything. Now, you know, of course, of Joe Montana, the sports guy. Well, this is Steve Wyoming. Looks really lame. Shirtless, has a helmet that also covers his nose and eyes all the way around. Like he has a bowl on his head. And uh, below his left nipple on his chest there, he has a star. He's got like a jetpack and some laser-looking weapon thing. That's about it. Really bad. But that's Wyoming's G.I. Joe. Well, down the hallway from me is Sean, who goes by DJ Nike on the air. And he sent me, he had done a story about a Wyoming G.I. Joe, which is much more legit. Okay. Um, Stuart R. Selkirk is his name. Code name Outback. But he doesn't come from Canada. Okay was an instructor of a survival school and jungle warfare training center. Most people intimidated by the wilderness. Uh, they don't feel comfortable. There's no sign of humans for miles, but not Outback. And I'm looking at his card here because they have uh, just like baseball players have baseball cards. G.I. Joe characters have their own cards. He believes in being part of his environment. As a survival expert, he trains the team to be uh, get away, well, to spot hidden dangers when setting up shelter and being able to fight in remote, uh, horrible environments out there. So that's who he is. And apparently he's from Big Piney, Wyoming. Sort of a Chuck Norris-looking character. Yeah, kind of cool. Kind of like a Chuck Norris character. So anyway, that's our Wyoming G.I. Joe character. And it does come with an action figure that looks like really cool. Although, I would say, he kind of has Popeye arms. But, I mean, the, the forearms are really big. But other than that, though, he really just looks total badass. And he's a survivalist. So that's our G.I. Joe figure from Wyoming. I figured there had to be a good one. Because the one that I found was just horrible. But it's a from some cheap toy manufacturer that was just putting out junk. All right. I feel better now. We can move on with our day. Until I hit this story here. Sorry about this. So you've heard there are some people out there who are trying to destroy reality, and I'm not sure why. To give an example, 
those people who are trying to say that gender is just a construct. Okay, gender is not a construct. Gender is biology-based. Your gender is based on biology. It doesn't matter what your opinion is, what you think or feel. It's a biological thing. All right, having said that, there's other people who are trying to destroy other, all sorts of things. They're trying to say, well, that's just a construct of, and it's not. The latest. Here comes the race isn't real movement. Now, so where, just so you know where I stand when it comes to race. I agree with Dr. Martin Luther King when he said, judge a man by the content of his character. So in other words, I don't care what somebody's race is. I care that the person is of good character. And yes, I can define what good character is. Having said that, are there different races of human beings? Well, yeah, there are. That really doesn't matter to the character of the person, okay, but we are different. There are those of us who have lighter skin, darker skin, different color hair, different height, weight, you know, it, all sorts of things. That doesn't matter to the person's character. Again, I judge a person based on their character. But are human beings very diverse and different? Well, look at us, of course. Yes, absolutely. Well, having said a lot of that, has to do with how we evolved according to our environment. Because when you take a look at, go up to uh, the Arctic Circle, take a look at the Inuits up there. They're shorter and rounder. And they have little slits for eyes because of snow blindness. Uh, that's adapting to their, you know, from where they're from. But you can go to other parts of the world where somebody might be thinner, um, lighter skinned. It depends on where they are. Uh, darker skinned people even. They have to deal with heat, especially when it's a very hot area. You'll find people tend to be much taller or thinner because it deals with heat a lot better than being short and round, which means you want to preserve heat. You see what I mean? There's all sorts of different types of human beings based on mostly environment. So do we have different races? Sure. But again, that doesn't mean anything to a person's character, which is what you should judge a person on if you judge them at all, right? All right. Here's uh, the story. Apparently, all of our other crazy ideas being floated out there, of all the crazy ideas, some people have been recycling the strange theory that has been making the rounds for a number of years. Washington Post ran an article yesterday, Race Isn't Real. A small group of vocal so-called professionals, academics, okay, where the, and they, they want to, uh, it talks about who they are, where they come from, and okay. Supposedly, race is an artificial construct. Uh, if you claim there is no racism in the United States, you're colorblind. Hmm. I wonder how they're going to do this, because if it's an artificial construct, then how do you have racism? Okay, reading on here. So, you read this article aloud, the Census Bureau caveats that uh, racial categories include the census... Oh, by the way, how do we do the census questionnaire? I want, that's what they're asking here. If it's not a thing, if it's an artificial construct, then why do they include it in a questionnaire? Well, and when it came to the census, the last census that I took, when it asked me what my race was, I skipped it. Because when I take a look at my family lineage, I'm kind of a mutt. I'm from all over. So, okay, yeah, I'm very light-skinned and so on, but... 
I'm really a mutt, and, and many people out there are. So I just skipped the question. Also, as irrelevant, I don't care, but moving on. So, okay, this, is, this isn't something entirely new. Nearly a decade ago, the story says, Journal Scientific America published a study arguing that racial categories are weak pros, uh, proxies for genetic diversity and need to be phased out. What they were primarily arguing in that field of genetics, there are variables in the human genome that don't line up perfectly along racial lines and race should be uh, ignored in, in that case. Uh, other advocates seem to be taking the concept a bit further. They argue that the United States census shouldn't be broken down by race. All that information is apparently useless, which I would agree with that. Of course, all of those arguments appear to be completely ignored by fundamental realities, says this author. Uh, first of all, the highest, he says, at the highest level, I would love to agree with people. Race differences shouldn't be an issue in modern society. We should be basically colorblind. Again, like Martin Luther King said, right? You judge a person by the content of their character. We obviously haven't reached a point where that's a thing, he said, but but that said, we shouldn't also be oblivious to race being a definite thing with human beings because there are different races among human beings. But be, here are people who are, if, if you're getting a headache listening to this, hang in there. More of this nonsense is coming where people are, are jumping up saying, well, that's construct. That's a fake thing. And it obviously isn't. Are there different races of human beings? Yes. Does it matter? No. What does matter? Character. 816, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Eight twenty one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. All right. Another one of these times and you can change the subject if you want. I'm on to a couple of things, but it doesn't matter if there's something else that's burning a hole through your brain. So I just came across this story. Here are a couple of members of the squad in Congress, which are hard to look at. And the story in front of me says, conservatives have an opportunity, says this author, although I feel it will be short-lived, to win over some center-left liberals who are waking up to the fact that many of the people that they have allied themselves with are, in fact, enemies of their values. I would even say enemies of our state, but let me read on. He said, he writes, I have no illusions that the people at the top of the Democrat Party don't know that they are allied with, for example, terrorist lovers like members of the squad, for example. They know just as readers of the, or leaders of the French Revolution understood, who were, um, well, they believe that they can ride the wave of passion and control the mob. And they're very wrong, he says. That's why conservatives should focus their energy on recruiting moderates to our cause. I think there's there's partly in, in some truth in this. I don't know if you're going to, you're not going to get these people to put on a MAGA hat and vote for Trump, but there are many people who are left of center, but just cannot align themselves with your Bernie Sanders types and your googly eyes Cortez types and other extremists like that. 
right? Your Mila Omars, people like that. All right, so here is a Twitter conversation going. The focus shouldn't be on leftists. I'm just reading what's on Twitter. It should be on reasonable liberals who have incubated an extreme ideology in the institutions where they lead. For example, college professors, right? He writes, for the last decade, the libs have seceded moral authority to a deranged, malevolent psychopath. So he gets an answer. This is the answer that he gets. No apartheid state, no settler state has the right to exist. Think about what he's saying. No apartheid state, no settler state has the right to exist, including the United States does not have rights. People have rights. So this guy answers, the conservative answers, you're not saying the U.S. has no right to exist. And he answers, I certainly am. I support decolonization everywhere, land back everywhere. Well, okay. Let's take a look at that point of view for a minute. So if you want to get, and that's the same thing Ben and Jerry's ice cream was all about just a little while ago, 4th of July, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Return all land to indigenous peoples. Okay, you first, Ben and Jerry, since your factory sits on indigenous people's land. Give it back to them. Of course, they never did that. They wouldn't do that. But if you think about it, we go around the world throughout history and all lands have been reconquered and reconquered and reconquered by how many different people, how many different times? You're hard-pressed to find a place that just has original peoples there. And those are just the people who showed up first. When human beings started to walk across the earth and exist in different places around the world, so does the land belong to whoever just showed up first? You're going to have to go way back. We're going to have to start asking, as best we can tell, to the archaeologists out there, to name one, what's the oldest bones you've ever dug up? Because that's the original people, and they have the right to the land. Because after that... The peoples that were there were reconquered and conquered and reconquered and conquered and reconquered by so many different types over and over again. In North America, before Europeans ever arrived, how many times did Indian tribes fight each other over land and take each other's land? And then the white man showed up, and that was the tribe that beat all other tribes. What happened in South America? Same thing. No matter where you go. So this person sending out a tweet that we have to decolonize everywhere. Well, what would be left, really, honestly? How far back in history do you have to go? Because this has been what human beings have been doing to each other since the beginning. You would have to go back to, especially when you're in places like Europe, other such places, you would have to go back to caveman time because there were tribes back then that took over other tribes, land from other tribes. How far back does this go? I don't think they've really thought it through. This author says a fraction of Democrats have been getting restless about the leftward march of the Democrats. I can agree with this. I do think, as I read it, there are those on the left who have gone so, so, so far extreme. Remember a few years ago, 
I don't know what happened to it. Maybe I can look it up and see. There was a movement called Hashtag Walkaway. And it was a movement by moderate Democrats who have just had enough of the extreme Democrats and said, this is too much. And again, they weren't willing to become Republicans, but they didn't want this extremism. And so they wanted to walk away and just start something else. Well, there was a lot of response to the hashtag walk away call, but it didn't seem to create enough of a movement to maybe create another party of some kind, or maybe just to get rid of the extremist Democrats who have been right now, well, have been for quite a while right now, leading the Democrat Party and leading the country down a very dangerous road. There's a lot of people that I know who consider themselves to be more liberal, but these are really decent, honest, hardworking, good people who are nowhere near the extreme that we see like with members of the squad or your woke college professors or, you know, like that. They get so extreme. I mean, honestly, it defies even any basic common sense or logic. So we'll see. I like this guy's call that maybe this is a good time to turn to some moderate Democrats and say, hey, have you had enough of this? Now, again, don't hand them a MAGA hat. They're not going to wear it, but they might listen to you. Let's wake up, Wyoming. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire. The situation's dire. A lot of work and courage gonna be required. But I'm just happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here, yeah I'm just happy to be here Still I know the world's on fire, the situation's dire A lot of work and courage gonna be required, but Sunday Live and local, all across Wyoming Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app Let's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I kind of slid in here just a moment too late, didn't I? Now, Miss Mary's sitting over there going, why did we have dead air? She knows why. Because <clears throat> I was down the hallway talking to someone, and I came running back. Oh, my God. All right, so 
888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. That'd be just fine by me. And the way I do this during the course of the morning is I go searching through a whole long list of uh, different websites that have to do with news and opinion yeah, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many sites I have to go through every single morning, but I want to. To find the stories that really do matter to you in some way, or I would hope, or I think would at least be interesting to you. And then I filter out so much of the other garbage that I find on other websites that are out there, which means by the time I get done, there's not a whole lot left. Really, I hate to say that. I go through a massive amount of websites every single morning, and then I get done looking at all of these websites and look at what I'm left with that actually I thought would be interesting to you. And there's never much left. That tells me the quality of reporting out there. And I, I, I do this as a setup because one of my favorite characters in... Characters? Well... I would say broadcast heroes out there is John Stossel, who for a while, he, he started as a reporter that just did local news on a local channel, mostly consumer reports. And he got really good at that and worked his way up the chain, but then started noticing a lot of things that he did on consumer reports were just garbage like any other reporter out there. So he changed his tune and that made him more popular eventually getting television specials. And most of his specials bucked the trend of what media normally tells you, which is part of why people liked it. Eventually, he got a full-time show on Fox News. Then he's semi-retired. Now John Stossel is just doing his own YouTube page because he wants to. And putting out stories like this, you truckers out there, pay close attention to this because this involves the trucking industry, but also... Those folks listening with me in not just Wyoming, but Colorado and the surrounding states, if you would pay attention to this. Because some people say, as Colorado goes, so goes the nation. And there's a reason for that. And I wouldn't be able to present this part of the story to you if it wasn't for someone who is truly an independent reporter. Brian Wanner runs Peter Brothers Trucking. His family business delivers goods all over America. But now he says Pennsylvania bureaucrats will force him out of his home state. We have no say. We can't do anything about it. No say because Pennsylvania's rules don't come from Pennsylvania. They came from California. State regulators unanimously voting 14 to 0. This is an absolutely transparent formative rule to clean our air and mitigate climate change. Emission rules will eliminate tens of thousands of trucks. If we want to follow California, we can move there. I want to follow what Pennsylvania residents want to do. I don't want to be anything like California. But too bad for him, because years ago, Pennsylvania's Environmental Quality Board decided we'll automatically copy California rule. California just declared war on pollution from large trucks. The newest rule copied from California will raise the price of new 
new trucks. The truck will cost a third more. It's anywhere from fifty to 80000 It's necessary, say California regulators, because... The time for putting public health second to the economy is over. Trucks you drive contribute gravely to health problems. We have come so far in the last 40 years. In 1980, one truck produces as much as 60 trucks today. So we want people to buy new trucks. You want people to buy new trucks. But if you put these costs on us that we cannot afford, we're going to just run the older trucks. The regulators don't think think about that. They do not think about that. They do not see the consequences of what they're doing. Now, truckers like Brian, to save $80,000, will just buy trucks in other states. We could drive to Ohio and get cheaper trucks. The rule doesn't apply to any of those trucks. It'll just hurt Pennsylvanians who sell trucks, and there won't be any pollution reduction. The people on this board, the Fish and Boat Commission, the Game Commission, the Museum Commission, what do they know about air pollution? Well, apparently nothing. Caleb Kruckenberg of the Pacific Legal Foundation. The whole idea of having a, a regulatory board like this is, oh, these people are experts. They know what they're talking about. They're smarter than the lawmakers. But if you look at the board, that's not true. I mean, these are just sort of random bureaucrats who work in the government and they say, eh, I don't know, let's follow California. So what? California seems to have a lot of money. I can see a state saying, yeah, let their regulators figure out how we reduce pollution and we'll save money doing what they do. Nobody in Pennsylvania has ever voted for the standards that now control Pennsylvania. He says what Pennsylvania is doing violates the Constitution. If people want something, their legislature is supposed to pass it. We will eliminate in the state of California the sales of internal combustion engines. California's rules will soon get even more expensive because they want all new vehicles to be electric. The hope is that it's a pollution reduction. But again, electricity comes from somewhere, and usually it comes from fossil fuel emission. Where does Pennsylvania get its electricity? <laughs> Pennsylvania makes a lot of electricity from coal. Okay, so well, there's a lot to unpack there, but let's take a look at this for just a minute. First off, thanks to John Stossel for deciding just to be an independent reporter and doing what he wants to do, which is what he's doing, which is how I got a hold of that story, because you'd never find that on most regular news media out there. All right, now, trucking industry. Pay attention to that because there are states, I don't know why, I, I don't get it, but there are states out there that decide, hey, if California passes a law or a rule or regulation, which is just a law written by bureaucrats, then we're going to do it too. Whatever California does, we're going to do. There are some states out there that actually think that way. Cal, uh, Colorado, pay close attention to that. That's massive, massive mistakes being made there. Because California is destroying itself with this idiocy. And so I worry that Colorado, as messed up as Colorado is really becoming, you folks down in Colorado, does your state do the same thing like Pennsylvania does? Colorado passed it, so we're going to do it. Some states actually do that. Whenever Colorado passes something absolutely ridiculous, there are other states that just immediately that becomes law in their state. Because they somehow they think that California is... Well, they, they got it together. California is the one to follow because they really know what they're doing. That's what Pennsylvania is doing. Now, as John Stossel and the truck driver or truck company owner point out, all this is going to do is make truck drivers that when they need a new truck go out of state to buy a truck. That's all that's going to happen. They're just not going to buy a truck in Pennsylvania. They'll just buy it out of state. Which is why when California 
tries to implement. It's not a law. It's a executive order by the governor that by a certain date, they're no longer going to allow the sale of new internal combustion engines. If you want a new car, you're going to have to buy an electric car, which means people who want a new car are just going to buy it out of state. And if California makes it hard to bring that car back into the state through taxes or whatever, then they'll just move out of state. Way to go, California. So obviously this isn't going to work. But we also have to take a look at the constitutionality of it, which is what? Let's see, was it IED John in Grand Canyon? Stossel started on WABC in New York, watched him as a kid. Uh, he's really, John, he's one of my all-time favorites when it comes to broadcast professionals and what they've done for the broadcast industry. I just love John Stossel's material. And I'm glad he's only semi-retired and he decided to keep doing this. But okay, let's take a look at um, the constitutionality of this, which is part of what Stossel points out to. Because you've heard me say for years now, I mean, just years you've heard me say, that we, we just can't do it this way. This is unconstitutional the way we're passing it. It's being written by bureaucrats or executive orders. Our Constitution doesn't work that way for a reason. 846, wake up Wyoming. Spreading across Wyoming faster than a new case of measles. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 8.50 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, uh, we have another record setter pumpkin in Wyoming. Another one? Yeah, another one. The other guy won out-of-state competition. Thousand, thousand pounds. Yeah, well over was, that. Is this the same one that was on ABC News? Uh, this one is 2,062 pounds. What? And? Cheyenne get, couple. Cheyenne. To give you an idea, the average male bison weighs in between 1,000 and 2,000 pounds. So, this is like a really big bull. Oh. That's how much this is. This is huge. My get, was there steroids involved in this? I don't know how they do this. Uh, winner I mean, was, of both, it, was it above board, you know? Well, then, and they won in two categories here. They won in the heaviest and the prettiest pumpkin. Okay. Yeah, and, and even broke Wyoming state records as well. Yeah, it was. Again, I didn't even know they were keeping track of that uh, stuff. Ah, somebody is keeping track of this, Frank. This is, Frank. This is pumpkins. This is serious this business. This is just big here. time. Yeah. But you, this goes back to. I'm so proud of these people from Wyoming breaking these records because a lot of people didn't think Wyoming, considering our climate, could do it. But there you go. All righty then. In the National Football League, some former Wyoming Cowboys had some uh, nice games over the weekend. Logan Wilson, the Casper native, uh, and the middle linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals had 11 tackles in the sack in their 17-13 win over Seattle. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, 19-30 of 30 for 169 yards, two TDs and a pick in their 14-9 win over the New York Giants. Uh, Carl Granderson, defensive lineman for New Orleans, had six tackles and one sack in their 20-13 loss to the Houston Texans. Our latest wild Preps high school football poll is out, and this is the last week of the regular season. Sheridan still number one in 4A, followed by Cheyenne East, Detrona, Campbell County, and Thunder Basin. Star Valley still number one in 3A, followed by Powell, Cody, Riverton, and Buffalo. Mountain View leads the 2A ranks of Bighorn second, Lovell third, Cokeville fourth, and Torrington fifth. Lingle is the new number one rated team in 1A9 man, with Wind River second, Pine Bluffs third, Big Piney fourth, 
and Southeast Fifth, and Little Snake River is leading the 1A six-man ranks with Encampment second, Burlington third, Dubois fourth, and KC fifth. In junior college soccer, the regular season is over, and the Region 9 tournaments will begin this week. The Casper College women, they are 13-2-1. They're rated 14th in the country. They have a first round bye in the Region 9 tournament, and they won't play until Saturday the 28th in the semifinal round. The Casper College men are 7-6-4, and four, and they will have a first round game coming up on Saturday in that Region 9 tournament. The LCCC women, they're rated 19th in the country at 7-3-3, three and, three, and they will be uh, hosting Western Nebraska in the first round coming up this weekend. The LCCC men at 5-6-1. They will be at Scotts Bluff to take on Western Nebraska in the first round of the Region 9 tournament. High School Volleyball tonight. Cheyenne Central will visit Cheyenne South. Then tomorrow, Laramie will be over at Cheyenne Central. Thunder Basin will be in Casper to beat Natrona. Cheyenne South will take will be over at Cheyenne East. On Friday, East will move over to Laramie. And Kelly Walsh will be at Rock Springs. And then Central will be at Sheridan. Then on Saturday, Natrona will be at Campbell County. In the Major League Baseball playoffs tonight, Houston will take on Texas with Texas uh, hosting that game and also winning the first two games of that series. And then last night in the National League Championship, Series. It was Arizona, a winner, a 10 nothing winner over Arizona. So they lead that series two games to none. Wait, Arizona over Arizona? Hey, Philadelphia over oh, Arizona. Philadelphia, sorry. okay. Philadelphia, okay. sorry, yes. my bad. Yeah, that's quite I'm, right thinking, I'm thinking more about Arizona now that the right. weather's getting cooler. Yeah, well, okay. Oh, so the so you're thinking about maybe going to visit Arizona? I would like to. I would but, like to. Okay. But then, you know what? I, I would also like to win a trillion dollars. Uh, I would also would like be... to have a 3,000 pound pumpkin. Yeah. But I would have the state record. Yeah, then you could. Could. I still want to know when the pumpkin gets that big, can you use it for it? Can you eat it? Can you make a pies out the, of it? The only thing you do is you just throw it on cars. Oh uh, yes, well okay, that's acceptable. But I figured to bust it open, you got to drop it on a car. Oh, or, or something, or, or yeah. hit it with a car. Yeah, something like that. All right, thank you, Frank. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Sunday. I know six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Phone number to get involved is 888 Woods. It's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Okay. Uh, you're not going to like this. I'm going to tell you this story, but you're really not going to like it, but you should really hear the story. One of the better news sites that I scan every morning is one you probably never heard of. It's called The Center Square. You can look them up. The Center Square. And it's really good as far as just news. I mean, actually reporting real news. This one... King County moves on potential $1 billion property tax hike for climate action. Now, here in the state of Wyoming, this is part of the reason I bring it up from my Wyoming audience. Here in the state of Wyoming, we're struggling with property tax issues. And a big part of that is, well, when someone buys a piece of property, a house, whatever, and they buy it for an absurd amount of money, then the homes around there get assessed higher and all of a sudden, your property taxes go through the roof, and there's no reason why you're not getting the extra services or anything for that. It certainly makes it hard to live there. Okay. 
here's the story. Well, imagine doing it for reasons like this. Well, we need to fight climate change, so we're going to raise your property taxes. This is where citizens need to start showing up to meetings, paying attention and showing up to meetings. King County voters, the story says, may see a new climate levy on their ballots next year. At least it's going to be on their ballots. As King County officials begin discussions to increase revenue to reduce climate change. Well, again, at least in their area, like here in Wyoming, they can't just raise the tax. They actually have to put it on the ballot and the voters have to agree to it. There are some places where we're just going to raise this tax. But not everywhere can do that. And Wyoming's one of those places. If they want to raise a tax, they have to come ask us. And if we say no, then too bad. And sometimes city officials, county officials, so on, really think that they have well, something important going on. We need a rec center. No, we don't. We have to have a new library. Your current library is fine. So people get to step up and say, no, you're not going to spend money here. But okay. The new motion would request King County Executive and... Let me see. Where is... This is Seattle. So, you know, Seattle, Washington. King County Executive Director wants to develop funding options to generate $1 billion in funding over... A, a six-year period. Funds would be used for greenhouse gas reduction efforts and other climate impacts. The motion requests in this proposal include a proposed property tax lid to, for voters to decide by November 2024, as well as policy recommendations on how the money could be allocated among projects in areas including transportation, open space acquisition, and anything else they can think that might have to do with climate impacts. All right, so according to an estimate from the King County Office of Economic and Financial Analysis, a property tax levy would need an initial rate of, and it talks about how much to raise it by over what period of time. Based on King County's medium household income, which is quite a bit. I mean, the people there make quite a bit of money. Medium household income there is $800,000. Yeah, well, uh, you're talking about a rich community. Okay, yeah. So, and you also got to put that in perspective. There's people, let's say, in New York City who will take a look at it and say, well, I, I make a six-figured income I, I, in New York City. I do, by gosh. Yeah, well, you do. Now, after you pay for everything in New York City, how much of that is left? Not much. Really expensive to live there. And not just the cost of property there, but, of course, all the taxes and et cetera, et cetera. It's very expensive to live in New York. So you might make a six-figure income, but <laughs> that's why when I look at a state like Wyoming, you, know, you take a look at how much we make here. Our median income is nowhere near that. However, the cost of living here is so low by comparison, we get to keep more. We do much better here. But all right. King County executives, officials uh, signaled that they're, well, they're excited about this potential opportunity to generate about a billion dollars and to put it toward fighting climate change. I wouldn't doubt that that's what is voted on and, and passed there. I, I would not doubt at all that something like this gets passed. Well, considering that is Washington State and Seattle, well, yeah.
the let me see that we convene for a work session on this as a 2019 most recent year with reliable data greenhouse gas emissions okay and then it talks about greenhouse gas emissions and so on okay and why they have this proposal okay so they also want to buy some electric buses all these other things they want to do it goes through a whole list of things they want to do to fight climate change and in order to do it they're going to need a ton of money so they're going to have to turn to their people can we go ahead and raise your property taxes? I'm going to be really curious because this comes up on the next ballot, during the next election cycle, so 2024 election. Do the people of Seattle, Washington in King County choose to raise their property taxes or are their property taxes just high enough? And they just decide, you know, screw the planet because essentially that's going to be the argument. If you, if you vote against this, then you're saying screw the planet. We have to fight for this, you know. So we'll see what the people say. I do, I really am of the opinion that even in places where people believe the whole nonsense from the cult of climate change, they get to a tipping point where they've just had enough of this, that it's too expensive, it's too inconvenient, you're destroying our lives by trying to achieve this whole net zero thing. Trying to achieve it, it's not only unachievable, net zero is unachievable, but there's absolutely no way they can do it without destroying the lives of so many people, most everybody, except those on top who get to live however they want. You know, the ones, the hypocrites in their big mansions who fly their corporate jets and ride around in SUVs and tell the rest of us we need to cut our, our carbon emissions. This is this whole idea of we've... Oh, by the way, I wonder about the timing of this, too, because we were supposed to reach this net zero goal by a certain date. This is, they tell us we have to reach it by a certain date. We're not even close to reaching that date. There's no way we're ever going to achieve it. So I'm, I'm really curious how this is going to play out. We're not even close to achieving this. So for those doomsdayers in the cult of climate change, what now? All right, off to the phones we go. And yeah, you can go ahead, call me, change the subject, interrupt me, you have to. That's uh, not a problem at all. Off we go to talk to Judy in Mills, Wyoming, who wants to rant on a bit about the BLM. Hey, Jude. Hey, we went to that meeting and I just, I literally came unglued because I got into reading the four uh, A, B, C, or D, and the BOM is choosing B, which puts 4.6 million acres of uh, Wyoming into uh, out of use. And like I told you on uh, your app, uh, it's going to affect hunting, fishing, camping, natural gas fields, oil and gas leasing, but they're going to let the windmills go up. Yeah. Now, Gordon had a representative speaking at one of these, and I think it was the one over in Laramie County that they spoke, and Gordon's trying to uh, put together some, I guess, kind of a lawsuit against it, but uh, this is a dangerous precedent that they're setting because uh, didn't Biden just brag about, oh, well, they have all these leases. They're just not using them. Meanwhile, he's making sure you can't use them. Right. 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Because even if you do get a lease, the process that you have to go through to be able to to use the lease will take a decade, maybe more. Oh, exactly, exactly. And then uh, let's move on to your trucking thing this morning. I remember I told you I went to John Barrasso almost seven years ago, and I talked about what was going to happen in the trucking industry if they didn't stop with these mandates and these hours of service. Okay, well, now everybody, like out in California, truckers can't go in unless they're equipped with that uh, smog thing. Okay, and that's basically cow pee that goes into your fuel, and it burns cleaner, supposedly, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now you can't get anything out of California because there's only X number of trucks that can even bring stuff out of California. Like I told you, I uh, bought a pump for my well. That was nine weeks ago, and I still haven't gotten it, okay? And that's just the beginning. We can't get car parts. We can't get truck parts. We can't get nothing. So the reason why people are, like, in Pennsylvania, you want to do what we do? You buy something before 2000. That way you don't have to meet any of their stupid standards, and you can still work on them. You don't have to worry about trying to find a chip or trying to find this or that or equipping it with the e-logs. Buy before 2000, and Obama and Biden can kiss your butt. Okay. Well, I was wondering how this affects the... Here in Wyoming, we don't do what California does, but there's quite a few states out there who do. If California passes a law or a rule or regulation, they just mirror it. And if we follow anything of Colorado, we're in trouble. Colorado should be dropped off the face of the earth for anything in Wyoming because... They're crazy down there. They're just as nuts as California is. Oh, and I was going to tell you one more thing. We're giving another $460,000 to SkyWest to prop them up for another three months. Okay. From the county commissioners last night. I can't believe we're doing this. These are our tax dollars propping up a private organization. Where do I sign up? All right. You know? I'm going to go off on that next. Thank you, Judy. I appreciate it. 918's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Keeping some honest, letting some lie, letting you vent. This is Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Nine twenty-four is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So Judy and Casper was talking about one of the airlines uh, in Wyoming, and and it's just happened a lot. Just curious about what you guys think about this. You know, I hate subsidies. Now, on the one hand, I do enjoy the convenience of I'll be visiting my family the week after Thanksgiving because I found out if you don't travel on a holiday, don't travel on Thanksgiving travel the week after there's nobody on the plane and the rates are so low they're stupid so i got these really low cost tickets to leave from the casper airport to go to denver to go to tampa round trip tickets 377 dollars because of when i was doing it and even during the time of the year when the tickets might be more expensive out of casper or cheyenne I'll pay that little bit extra because I like the idea. The first time I showed up at the Cheyenne Airport to do that, I left my neighborhood. I drove right into, right up the road to the Cheyenne Airport. Parking's free. 
I walk right into the door, and there's the ticket office. Not many people there. Not a lot, not much of a line. And I went through TSA, which is not that hard in Wyoming. It was so easy to do. So I paid that little bit of extra. But I also realized, but at the same time, the reason that I'm able to do this is because this is subsidized. In order to get airlines into Wyoming at all, the airlines want to guarantee that they're going to make a profit because they're a business. They're, they are in business to make a profit. Profit is not a dirty word. That's how they feed their families. Put a roof over their heads. You know, things like that. Little things like that. You know, food. Little things like that. So they want to make sure that it's profitable. The problem is most airports in Wyoming would never turn a profit. Gillette has struggled for years, and many other communities around Wyoming would love to have an airline fly in and out, but it's really expensive to do for the few customers that take advantage of it. Now, whenever I've flown out of whether it's Casper, Cheyenne, or Gillette, the airplane has almost always been completely full, but still, when you take a look at how much does it cost to get the airplane out to those towns... And to maintain the routes, if really there's only one flight a day, sometimes two, is it really worth it for the airline? Is it profitable? So that's why local communities will go ahead and subsidize the airlines. And just it's a guarantee. If the airline doesn't make a certain level of profit, then the taxpayers in the community will make up the difference. Now, I'll go ahead and take advantage of it because, well, here they are, and they're doing it, so I might as well take advantage of it. But I'm against subsidies. My opinion has always been, if something is not profitable, then let it fail. I love my local airports around Wyoming. I really think they do, and especially because I, I fly myself. I love flying. I love those little community airports. But I'm also someone who thinks... And they should be taken care of by the people who actually use the airports, the private pilots, the mechanics. If there's an airline, then the airline. And not subsidized by the taxpayers. Unless, and here's the only unless, the community actually agrees to it. This is one of those things where you put something on the ballot and ask the taxpayers. Do you guys really think we should have an airline come in here? Would you be willing to cover the cost if they fall short. And if the people of the community say, yeah, we think that's a good idea, then okay, maybe so. But other than that, I'm, I'm against the idea of subsidizing. If, if you can't keep an airline in your community, no matter where you are in Wyoming, then you can't. And for those people who think, well, then I got to drive all the way to Rapid City. Then I got to drive all the way to Denver. Well, do you want to live in Wyoming? Because that's what living in Wyoming is. There's a lot of things that you don't get because you live in Wyoming, which is as rural as rural can get. So you have to go a long way to get to an airplane somewhere, to get to an airport, where you can get a commercial flight. Welcome to Wyoming. That's what it's going to be. Just curious what you thought about subsidizing. My thought is I, I wouldn't do it unless there was some ballot initiative and you got a good really good majority, not a small majority, but a really good majority of the people saying, yeah, we'll subsidize that. Other than that, 
I'm completely against the entire idea of it. And if your local airport doesn't have an airline, well, then so be it. They don't let the market figure it out. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. Here's the phone numbers. Wake up, Wyoming. Blow off some steam before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.36 the time, Wake Up, Wyoming. So what I was just talking about with the airlines, and again, I, I'll take advantage of it, and I love my local airport. I use it all the time because I fly. I mean, myself. Yeah, I, I fly. So, But as far as airlines go, I enjoy the convenience of it. I just don't like subsidies unless a supermajority of local people say, hey, you know, you can go ahead and subsidize that. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. Then other than that, not a simple majority, a supermajority, then maybe. But other than that, I don't like subsidies. I would just let it fail. Well... Blue Eyes and Douglas, I agree with you that we're in Wyoming for a reason. It's rural. I've got away from the city. I don't want all that stuff. I don't need it. I can go to Casper. I can go to Denver. I can go to Cheyenne. The same way these people that move up the mountain, up uh, Estabrook, they got up there and they do nothing but bitch and moan about the snow and the county's not cleaning the road. Well, you move to the mountains for a reason, to get away from, well, and I agree. If you move up there to Estabrook, the whole point is to get away from, to quit whining about it, she's saying, to get away from all of that. So if you live out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, you chose to be there. You don't have to be there. You chose to be there. And if your complaint is, well, we don't have any airlines out here, if that's a complaint then maybe you should move to someplace that does have a better airline. But you chose to live someplace that has less conveniences like that. So that that's what that is. It's what For those people who complain, well, our internet's not very good. If you need better internet, move to someplace that has better internet. If you choose to live where you are, you're going to get lousy internet. That's the way that is. So make up your mind what you want here. Uh, here's Jimbo in Wellington, Colorado. I'm a Wyoming native currently trapped in Colorado. Everything Judy said about Colorado and California is correct. And unfortunately, people are moving into Cheyenne and starting to change the culture. Unfortunately, not for the good. I do worry about Cheyenne going the way, in fact, like Laramie for that matter. I, I love you people in Laramie, but there's a lot of people in Laramie that have gone, mostly because it's a college town so far left. You know, when you move out of places that are being destroyed, like Colorado, California, don't come here and vote for more of that. There's a reason you moved away from it. All right, John in Cheyenne about the airlines. Hi, John. Hey, it's I-80, John. Yes, sir. Oh, so, you know, my wife's been a flight attendant for going on 35 years. Yeah. Um. One of the reasons we, we picked where we lived is we needed to be close to a major airport so she could get to work. Sure. So you make those choices. But I have a question for you. All right. As a private pilot, yeah. do you pay uh, landing fleet fees when you go into these small airports? They don't have them. Now, some airports, 
not many in America, most don't. A few do, but those are the big ones. Most don't. They don't have a landing fee, but I do pay for hangar. Some of what I pay for fuel, you know, stuff like that will go to the airport. Now, if more airports did do a landing fee, I would understand it because it's what pays for the runway. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example, though. American Airlines, who my wife works for, yeah. moved all of most of their European flights from New York Kennedy yeah. down to Philadelphia because this Port Authority in New York and New Jersey who run the airports there yeah. raised the landing fees so much that yeah. it was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So There are places in Wyoming that don't have a landing fee, but they do have, and again, I understand it, a tie-down fee. So if I land there, if, if I did a touch and go and moved on, fine. You know, or if I just kind of park for a moment and, you know, but I, I didn't really stop and I kept going fine right but at the moment that i want to tie down my airplane i owe them a few bucks for that and again i totally understand it i'm using their facilities but like you're saying to your point just don't charge so much that you drive business off right but what if they said jay when you flew into that thing out in big piney last yeah. was it was that last month or so uh, yeah, if they said everybody landing has got to pay 10 bucks I'm okay. To go towards the airport. Yeah, you know, I'm okay with you know, ten bucks. I mean, ten. I think ten bucks is actually a very reasonable charge to go ahead and land there. You know, at, but if you're going to say that's going to be a fifty dollar landing fee, I'll avoid Big Piney. Right. So what I'm saying is, you have to figure out what that uh, that spot is. Is it ten? Is it twenty? Sure. Is it fifty? The yeah. other thing you were talking about this morning, you said it was open phones. Yeah. Um, with everybody following uh, California, the worst example of this is Colorado. They have to put California uh, catalytic converters on their cars, which cost about double what we do oh. here in, in Wyoming. Yeah. And they, that, they have that massive theft of catalytic converters down there in Colorado. It's insane. People stealing converters left and right. Mm -hmm. And they can't just throw an over-the-counter regular catalytic converter that uh, the guy in Cheyenne could put on, they have to use that California compliant, and the price is double oh. just for the part. Do they have vehicle and inspections? Do they have vehicle inspections here in Colorado? Yes. Okay. No. They don't have safety inspections. They have emissions inspections. Oh, okay. So, and I, I found out from a guy who works down there, if you say your catalytic converter gets stolen, and you drive to Wyoming or to Kansas or to, you know, one of the states that you can get a regular one and you have it put on the car. The next time you go through inspection, when they look under the car and they see yeah. that there's a new converter on there, if it's not uh, California compliant, um, you know, it's it's called car, California, right. whatever. They'll fail you, and and they'll and they'll tell you you can't re-register your car until, until you get that fit. Yeah, you get the right one on there. All right. I used to so. want to live and work in. I used to look at KOA in Denver, and I wanted to work at that radio station in Denver, Colorado. I don't even want anything to do with it now. I you know, honestly, I don't. Well, you could work there. You could work there and commute. It's only an hour and a half each I, way. Yeah, from well, yeah but you know, here's <laughs> the thing. No, as soon as I do that, as soon as I get paid by that radio station, I owe. Colorado income tax. You are correct. Sir. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons never that mind. we moved yeah. to Wyoming. Yeah, from the East Coast because yeah. paying state income tax until people have paid it. Yeah, is insane. All right. 
Thank you, you John. Go. Have a good one, Dick. Right. 943, wake up my own. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox to talk to Frank Gambino. Uh, Frank, I've been having a conversation over the past few days with some people over time travel that we all experience. Well, yeah. um, As a matter of fact, it took me about 11 minutes to get to work today. See? Okay. Now, a friend of mine points out he is able to travel like two weeks into the future, let's say, right? Oh, is he? Did he win the lottery yet? No, no. it's a slow process. It takes him about two weeks to get there. Oh, but okay. he does. Yeah. Now I was pointing out to Miss Mary that if you're, you know, when you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles, the DMV. Yeah. Time slows down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you wait a little bit. Although yeah. I, I would say in Wyoming, it's lightning fast. It's not that bad in Wyoming. It's if you, really not. Yeah, the bigger the city, the, lo- the oh, slower that the, time. The line is out the, out oh the my door God, and yeah. down the block. You yeah. sit down, you look at the clock, and you know that only 15 minutes went by. But it doesn't feel like 15 no, no, minutes. No, 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 no. And when you get out of there, I, your watch says 15 minutes went by, but it's like three hours later. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's some time travel that I experienced. Okay. Yesterday, I kept thinking yesterday it was Wednesday. And so I lived yesterday like it was Wednesday. But then, well, how is that different from Tuesday? Well, then all of a sudden reality snaps me into Tuesday. And I finished off the rest of the day in Tuesday knowing that I'm going to have to show up today and relive Wednesday. Right. So, <clears throat> so, so you're not you don't live a life where all the days just kind of apparently you, you, not. You, you apparently, just, I skip run forward and back in time now and then. I mean, you ever show up for work and you know it's Friday, but it's only like Thursday. It, it feels like it. Yeah. Yes, and then you have to go back the next day and relive Friday again. Okay, time travel is annoying, Frank. Oh boy. All right, our latest wyopreps.com high school football poll is out. This is the last week of the regular season. The playoffs will start next week. In 4A, Sheridan remains number one, Cheyenne East two, Natrona three, Campbell County four, and Thunder Basin five. Star Valley remains the number one rated team in 3A. Powell is second, Cody third, Riverton moves up to fourth, and Buffalo fifth. Mountain View is rated number one in 1A, followed by Bighorn, Lovell, Cokeville, and Torrington. Lingle is the new number one ranked team in 1A nine man, and with Wind River second, Pine Bluffs third, Big Piney fourth, and Southeast fifth, and Little Snake River is rated number one still in 1A six man, and Camden second, Burlington third, Dubois fourth, and KC fifth. In the NFL, some uh, former Wyoming Cowboys had nice games over the weekend. Logan Wilson, the Casper native, the middle linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals with 11 tackles and a sack in their 17-13 win over the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, threw for 169 yards on 19-30 of 30 with two TDs a pick in their 14-9 win over the New York Giants. And Carl Granderson, defensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints, had six tackles and a sack in their 20-13 loss to Houston. In the Major League Baseball playoffs yesterday, last night, uh, Philadelphia defeated Arizona 10-0 as Kyle Schwarber hit two home runs for the Phillies, so they lead that series now two games to none. It'll be, tonight will be Game 3 of the American League Championship Series with Houston visiting Texas in Arlington and the Texas Rangers lead that series two games to none. In high school volleyball tonight, Cheyenne Central will be at South. Tomorrow, Laramie will be at Cheyenne Central. Thunder Basin will be in Casper to take on the Trona. Cheyenne South will travel over to uh, East and then East will turn around and go to Laramie on Friday. 
Kelly Walsh will be at Rock Springs on Friday, and then Central will be at Sheridan on Friday. Then on Saturday, the Toronto will go up to Gillette to meet Campbell County. In junior college soccer, the re- regular season is over, and the Region 9 tournaments will begin this week. The Casper College women, they are 13-2-1, rated 14th in the country. They have a first-round bye in the Region 9 tournament, so they will not play until a week from Saturday in the semifinal round. In the Casper College men are 7-6-4, and, and they will have a first-round playoff game this coming. Saturday. The LCCC women out of Cheyenne, they're rated 19th in the country and they are 7-3-3. They have a first-round home playoff game coming up this weekend against Western Nebraska. And the LCCC men at 5-6-1, they will be on the road in Scotts Bluff with a first-round playoff game in that Region 9 tournament to take on the Western Nebraska. There was one Friday not very long ago that you and I didn't know it, but we were both staying at Little America in Cheyenne, same Mm -hmm. time. I'm down there this Thursday and Friday and then into Saturday. Where are you going to be? Uh, what am I going to do? I will probably, well, I'll Cheyenne on Saturday right. for a state cross country. But that's, okay. only, that's only a day trip. Oh, that's okay. You're not going to check into the little No, America. no, no, no. no. Yeah? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. go there or go back. Friday, I think I'll be in Casper. I'll, I'll, I'll find something, but the, but I'll be in Cheyenne on Saturday. Okay. I enjoy, I was talking to some people about heading all over the state. I don't do it as much as you do, but I still do. I'm amazed how many people complain like you gotta drive all that weight. You know, Frank, I kind of enjoy the. No, no and I, I do too. Yeah. If, if the roads are good. There you go. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business news time and your weather forecast. Wake up, my own.